should introduce each other, actually. Well, that's probably true. We just started rambling when we first got here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so for those of us, for those who are listening or, or viewing, um, who haven't had a clue as to who we actually are, my name is Richard Liebesback. My company is Self-Protection Essentials. And as you've heard, I do podcasting, as you, and I also teach people how to stay safe and how to get to safety if need be, with or without a weapon. Good morning, everybody, and I'm your host, Jeff Bennett, owner and senior editor of Red Bike Publishing, and welcome to our podcast called DOD Secure. Experts, and as you heard earlier, we have Richard on our show today, and he's conducting an interview of me today. And then our next episode, we'll interview him. His specialty is in personal protection, and so most of what he's going to talk about is um, active shooters in church situations or in other public situations, and how you can protect yourself during that active shooting. But today, he wants to interview me about security clearances and how to protect classified information. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Tune in for the next podcast where we talk about personal protection in public places. So how did you get into what you do? Describe a little bit better for me. I mean, it sounds like you're into software, predominantly that plus the books. Yeah, so actually what what we do is just imagine a um, just a normal uh, commercial corporation that wants to protect its proprietary information. Um, it could be reside in a form of a person's knowledge or in documentation that is stored in a library or on a computer. Um, this same thing is um, when the government uh, program office has um, a system or something or a service that they want from a defense contractor, um, they have an agreement in place where we will give you the tools and resources to use to do your job. And the contractor's agreement is, okay, we'll take these tools and resources and protect them according to your guidance. And so for the defense contractors, it's called the National Industrial Security Program Operating Manual. And yeah, yeah. So they got a, so they've got their guidance from the government from like, um, that's the department of defense level guidance mm -hmm. and it goes straight to the, and it's applies across the board in department of defense information that's marked secret confidential or top secret will be protected in this manner. And it specifies. And so there is a discipline of security professionals who work in that role. And so, um, I've always, you know, um, had, in the army and, and in that security role, I've had the opportunity to work in that role. And so what I've been doing lately, the past few years is writing books that reflect the NISPOM National Industrial Security Program Operating Manual, I'm writing books and training to help these professionals do their job better. And um, some of my books I've written are um, DOD Security Clearance and Contracts Guidebook, and it explains how to protect classified information from the time you receive it to the time you get rid of it. And then I have a new book called um, The Insider's Guide to Security Clearances. And it's geared towards people who might be in college or young in their career who might want to say, hey, I'm an engineer or 
I am a administrative person or finance person, or even perform um, janitorial services, and I would like to get a security clearance so I can work in the defense sector. So what's involved in getting a security clearance? The security clearance, that's a good question because it is hard to for the general public to get that information. But what is involved with getting a security clearance is the, the easiest thing, way to get a security clearance is apply for and get a job that requires a security clearance. So a security clearance is directly linked to a security contract. So a, a business can get a security clearance. They, they need to be um, sponsored by a defense contractor that has a security clearance as a subcontractor or contracted directly to the government who needs their services. So that sponsorship gives that business an opportunity to get that security clearance. And then the employees that work for that business who will perform in that contract are eligible for security clearances. And so once um, each one of these security clearances requires a background investigation and the government performs that investigation. Okay. A bit more intensive an investigation than getting a concealed weapons permit, I assume? Probably just a little bit. <laughs> they, do, uh, yeah, they do background checks. They check where you've lived. They verify your citizenship. And the, we might call it a judge or a decision maker, but in this particular instance, they're called adjudicators. And there's 13 criteria that they look at, it at in a background investigation. So they look at the whole person. Um, like who who is Jeff Bennett and is he trustworthy? And so they'll go through my background and look for that. And then they're looking for uh, what? How does my allegiance to the United States look? Am I am I under um, influence from foreign people? For example, do I have you know investments overseas? Do I own a foreign company? Have I run for government? Do I have a spouse that that is a foreign as a non-U.S. citizen? For example, then they'll look at um, drug records, alcohol records, sexual behavior, um, uh, and, and there's 13 of them. And so, <laughs> so, so the it looks at the whole person, not just, you know, if you, if you have a red mark, they're going to look at you and say, hey, um, how long ago did this happen? Was it a one-time occurrence? And so there's some things that you can do as an individual to what they call adjudicate any, any um, information that might prevent you from getting a clearance. You made mention one of the considerations was whether or not you ever ran for office. In a so, foreign country. Oh, in a foreign country. I was <laughs> going to ask part, you if that was a disqualifier. That is definitely a disqualifier. <laughs> I want to be mayor. Sorry, you can't get there. <laughs> but uh, so interesting point, um, and a lot of people have this question as well. Um, how did so-and-so ever get to become a president because their path was so <laughs> terrible? You know, just pick a name. And then um, they, uh, the uh, president doesn't go through that process. They're, they're provided access to classified information based on their position. Okay. So unless they have been like prior military or prior had a security clearance, they will most likely not go through that adjudication process. Their position as an elected official, they're the highest level of of oversight as far as classified information. So because of their job, they need to have access to make their decisions. So typically do political 
officials have to go through and get background checks if unless they're let's assume they're not on a committee or anything like that uh, do all of our elected officials go through that except necessarily for the president or can you actually find a path from almost nobody up the tree where okay now we're going to run this guy for office and see if he can make it is it possible to get that far up without somebody doing a background check so um are we talking about the presidential level or um well i was i'm thinking major? out i'm thinking outside the box yeah. I, I like these what if kind of things so let's say there was a manchurian kind of candidate out there on mm -hmm. um, some somebody is basically a sleeper they decided long term we're going to 30 years from now try and put our man in the office but we have to keep him below the radar the entire time until he gets there. Um, can you pull that off? Or is there some kind of check in place where you'll be caught along the way? So, yeah, that's a good what if question. I can tell you what happens. What I can speak intelligently about is, is not with elected officials, because I really don't know how it all works, like with senators and congressmen. And I know sometimes they have to have clearances to serve on some committees they are in. And I just know that the president, uh, as, as a, a matter of trivia, does not have to go through that process. But, um, but going back to how a, a civilian gets a contract, a security clearance to work on a classified contract, that scrutiny that they go through to get the contract, I mean, the security clearance applies throughout their security clearance career. So depending on the clearance level, they get reinvestigated. While they have their clearance, they're going through something called um, continuous evaluation. Hmm. And, and there's responsibilities to report yourself if you have adverse information <laughs> against, you know, like, um, for example, you go suddenly into debt or you're not able to make payments on your house or you suddenly become under incredible amounts of affluence. You get money. So these are indicators, but so... We're under self-evaluation and we're under responsibility to evaluate our peers. And so if anybody displays, you know, like those characteristics you're looking for in an active shooter or some type of threat, we're looking for an insider threat too. So we've been discussing the adjudicative guidelines and red flags that come up. Sometimes those red flags can come up before you ever get your security clearance, and sometimes something can happen while you're in possession of the security clearance. Sometimes it happens in spite of living a life above reproach, you've had an event that could put your security clearance in jeopardy. You know, you need to talk to somebody about it, but before you discuss it with anyone at work or even with your facility security officer, Contact our sponsor, Ron Sixtus. Call him immediately for help, and you can self-report in the best possible way. You can reach Ron at 256-713-0221. You can email him at rsixtus, that's R-S-Y-K-S-T-U-S, at B-O-N-D-N-B-O-T-E-S.com visit his website at www.securityclearancedefenselawyer.com. We're looking forward to people who have authorization and access and pretty much a trusted employee. We're looking for them, you know, are they going to be the next Eric Snowden and start downloading or Chelsea Manning or a 
reality winner and start downloading classified information unobserved and putting them on WikiLeaks. I'm not familiar with Chelsea. Oh, but Chelsea changed her name. She was pardoned. I, I, he, he was a soldier in the United States Army, I believe. And he, he revealed classified videos. And then, so he went to prison and then he had a, um, I guess they call it gender reassignment while he was in prison. <laughs> that, and so now that now he's Chelsea Manning and he got, I believe, a pardon from um, President Obama. A pardon or he's out of jail now. And so, okay. so he, was a, he was convicted on espionage charges. Don't know exactly what they were, but yeah, he did, I believe, upload classified videos onto YouTube or somewhere, WikiLeaks or somewhere so, so people could see them. Mm. And, and so, so he was, um, most of these folks are motivated by idealism, um, not necessarily financial gain. You know, if you don't like, you suddenly you don't like what your country stands for and so, or this stuff shouldn't be classified or we're doing bad things at war, I'm gonna show the world. And so they've got some kind of idealism in their heart. So that's one of the hardest things to actually counter is because you don't know what's in people's hearts. So what you have to look for is their behavior like you're trained to do mm-hmm. as, as a protect, as a, um, a physical security or, or a person who protects people or teaches them to protect themselves. Yeah. So I'm trying to do that. I'm trying to protect classified information and teach people how to do that. So other than the typical email, that, I mean, all of us, we've received emails from Rwanda or whatever, and this banker over in the islands. <laughs> Prince, yes, yes, Prince. <laughs> and uh, so, other than stuff like that, what do we need to look out for? Um, are you, oh goodness, is um, there anything that's more subtle than than we're obviously aware of? I mean, everybody's aware, almost everybody is aware that they're not a winner. They they don't have a relative or a friend who's going to give them a thousand dollars if they give them fifteen. <laughs> So there are a lot of scams going on on the internet. And, and this is a little bit outside of my area of expertise, but um, yeah, if something is too good to be true, it probably is. We, we always tell like the best thing I learned in security training once on that realm, if something is too good to be true. You know, if you are here in the United States and you go out and party or go to clubs or you try to attract somebody the opposite sex and it doesn't work, but you go overseas and suddenly you're famous and everybody wants to be around you, you gotta look at why. Is it because of your security clearance? Is it because they want something from you? So if you're not a superstar over here, you've got to question why you're a superstar over there. And so the same thing, if you get these emails where somebody is trying to trick you, um, they want something that you have. And one of the things that is, the scariest thing in the world is when you get that email and the subject line is your computer password. Have you seen that one? I haven't seen that one. Okay, they, they go up there and the subject line is your password that you use to get on to PayPal or whatever. They've got it. And it says, hey, I know what you've been doing. I turned on your camera and I watch what you do and when you're surfing the internet, oh, a bad boy, you know, they've got this whole thing out. And this high pressure uh, coercion, and chances are um, your your password was was released um, 
by you know a data breach at these companies who get breached all the time totally legitimate password bad guys stole it and they go data mining and they send out thousands and hundreds of thousands of emails hoping to find some poor soul and um i think that they would be more successful <laughs> they're not <laughs> they want bitcoin who knows how to do that <laughs> so, and the other one is your best friend um, sends you an email and says, hey, I need your help. I'm stuck and I need you to go get a um, gift card for me from Walmart and send it to me. Just give me the numbers and help me out. So, so. Well, I want to tell you about a brand new sponsor to DOD Secure. And they're an actual Department of Defense contractor. They are called Mission Driven Research. And their core values are to go the extra mile for their customers, grow their employees personally and professionally, and give generously to their community. And I can tell you they are very generous. They sponsor a lot of races. They get people off the couch to run. And they send people on mission trips. They do a lot. Um, they're Mission Driven Research Inc. is a growing company that provides technical services to U.S. federal government. The goal of MDR is to continuously improve performance in three core values. And so I read you those core values off. If you want to get in touch with Mission Driven Research, you can go to their website at missiondrivenresearch.com. Welcome aboard, guys. We're glad to have you. Those, those are very real because they spoof actual emails that, of people that you know. Yeah, I actually ran into somebody that got stung with that one. Oh, it hurts. Yeah. Have and you heard there's, no, there's no recourse for it either. No, there, there's not. It's gone. It's gone. I mean, my bank account's been hacked. It's, uh, thank God that the, the banks put your money back. But uh, sometimes my experience is, when, when my bank account got hacked, they were fine with returning my money, but there's really doesn't seem to be an investigation going on to determine how it happened, why it happened, can we prevent it? That's probably more expensive than the money I lost. Well, expensive to them or to, or to you? Uh, to them. Oh, okay. <laughs> to them to do I, an I was thinking, I, I know why they're probably not investigating anything, or at least not at the level to where you would be aware of. Right. And that's because they don't need the bad press. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, um, what we've learned is that, you know, um, collaboration is really good if, if these companies, and they do, some of them do, we just don't know it, we don't see it. But I know that there are industry partners who collaborate when they get hit with a cyber attack, and they work together to help. These are, these are um, companies that compete against each other but they get together and see the good in analyzing the cyber attacks and helping the company that just got attacked. And so um, you're right, people are worried about the shame and, and the possible business impact of getting hacked, but that impact never lasts more than a week. Yeah. We still do business with Target and TJ Maxx and, and Visa and everything. Yeah. yeah, Target got hacked a number of years ago, lost was it millions of credit card pieces of information? And yes, I still buy there. Yeah. On a cash only basis. Government <laughs> agencies are being hacked and personal information is being taken. You know, I mean, the best of the best are getting hacked. It happens. So let's, 
admit it. Let's work together and see how we can mitigate this risk and just protect ourselves as a nation anyway. Well, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of DOD Secure. We hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about protecting classified information, how the clearance investigation works, and a little bit about cybersecurity. Again, join us next time um, that we have Rick on. We're going to be talking about self-protection. And we invite you to send your questions to editor at redbikepublishing.com or even visit redbikepublishing.com, R-E-D-B-I-K-E, publishing.com for our security training resources and books. Until next time, be safe out there.